Big thanks to RX Bar for supporting FilmSack today. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar with no BS. Get 25% off your first order at rxbar.com slash filmsack and use the promo code filmsack. That's rxbar.com slash filmsack and the promo code filmsack. Mrs. Fisk, John Goodhue, regional vice president. Congratulations. Which prize are you hoping for? Well, that would be my choice, too. We've never been. My associate tells me you have five grandkids? Wow. Now, I understand that you'd like to speak to your husband first about this, and I can understand why. But the thing is, Irene, my secretary's having a baby this afternoon, and everyone here at the office is about to bug out and head over to the hospital. Go for the gut. He's soft there. This is Film Sack. Oh, sure. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack proper 345. That's the episode we're on. I'm Scott Johnson, joined today by Brian. Never trust a psychiatrist that plays chess with himself. Dunaway. Chess with himself. Oh, hi, Film Sack men. Hello. Who shall we? Hi. Who shall we con today? The listeners, little old ladies, Randy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Unsure if I meant little old ladies then Randy, or Randy likes to con little old ladies, or perhaps Randy. <laughs> is just really into geriatrics show notes problems show notes problems and i am i right yes i am well i hope you enjoyed that little distraction meanwhile i swapped your sack of good intros with bad impressions of nicholas cage good luck randy <laughs> was that a- oh look a little old lady <laughs> wow that was great uh also with this randy no booth jordan aloha scott brian brian hi randy and I got your final receipt here for the various magic props you rented from Can't Fool Me over the last few weeks. Let's see here. Two identical briefcases, an office space suitable for a psychiatrist, a Queen Anne piano stool that smells like feet, boys. Please initial here for the extra charge on cleaning that piece. Okay, we, we got your purchase and use of some high-quality squibs and blood packets for your words here a magic show hope that went well but then there's this shipping container rental now i'm not too pleased with you boys for putting that thing on top of a building how'd you get it up there wait i'm up there what's going on how did i get so easily tricked come on everybody's easily tricked in this movie i like the absurdity of it all it's pretty Mm -hmm. good also Mm -hmm. with us brian Mm. ibit That's the best. Yeah. Uh, so this week on Film Sack, we watch... Wait a minute. Do you guys hear that buzzing? No. No? No. Okay. All right. Sorry. All right. This week on Film Sack, we watched a film where Nicholas... Oh, God, I swear I hear buzzing. You guys don't hear it? Here, let me let me jump online really quick, see if it's the router. Ah, yeah. Sure enough, there's a firmware upgrade for my router. Crap. It's like a paid upgrade. 200 bucks. 
and it's uh, first of the month. I'm waiting for some clients to pay me. I don't really have the funds in my account right now. Can one of you guys float me some money right now? And I'll totally, I'll totally, you know what? I'll totally make this a lot easier. Instead of sending me the money via PayPal, just give me your PayPal login. I'll log into the router's firmware site. I'll buy the upgrade and we'll be all set. Oh, sure. it's, uh, oh. Yeah, that's perfect. I like it. It's a good plan. All right. That's it. That's it. That's the end of it. I had no, I had no, uh, you know, so no this perfect is, close for that. Right. So this is yours is the long con. I hope it pays off the Twitter. Post. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> the con. yeah. The long con. You guys aren't going to find right. out until the end of the show how, how that's going to go. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Brian, 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 if you just if you just have uh, internet problems throughout this episode, I think it will be so fun. Yeah. Oh, it'd be great. <laughs> and it will fit own. in with your long cons. Yeah, just start yeah, doing totally your, just do one of these. Problems. Go, oh no, something's wrong with my machine. You can do that. <laughs> uh, so welcome everyone to Film Sack. It's uh, Matchstick Men is the film, and uh, you might Men. you might be saying to yourselves, "Hold on, guys, that's like a like a." well-respected uh, Ridley Scott film from 2003 that is not your normal fare. It's not weird and or nostalgic or a horror movie or have bad effects or anything. And that you've never heard of. Well, I saw it in theaters, weirdly. I, I don't... Oh. I, I kind of had this thing going back then where if Ridley Scott made a movie... This is like this is like post uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Gladiator. Okay. I was like, well, I'll just see whatever he does from now on. Like, I already liked you, and I, you know, Blade Runner and whatnot, and Aliens and stuff. But you know, it's a pretty safe bet. Right? It's a safe it's bet. A pretty, yeah. And so yeah. when this came My out, I remember, down. I remember critics loving it, and I remember hearing that it was really a, a good movie, but also strange for Ridley Scott, like not his usual fare. This is not Black Hawk Down. This is not you know Gladiator. It was something wholly different and weird for him. And it was his first Warner Brothers production since uh, Blade Runner. So it was just like this, all this weird intrigue for me, for whatever reason. And so I went and saw it in theaters and really, really liked it at the time. What I didn't know was it was a box office bomb. It didn't even, it made like half the money it cost to, to make it. Um, it made back half that, I should say. So it was like $65 million budget, which, by the way, I don't quite understand. How is this not just like some shoestring indie like, budget? Yeah, like tw like $12 million, right? It had to be it had to be the actors. It had to be Nicolas Cage, right? That had to be the well, lion's Randy, share. I think Randy hit the nail on the head. The price, well, a lot of that price was getting a shipping container on the top of the roof of the building. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been the but, big, uh, the big that's, part. That's a big part of the joke of my intro, is that the film, like, the film counts on a house in somewhere yeah. in Los Angeles County that's like every other house. Like it counts on an office mm -hmm. space for a psychiatrist. Uh, like right. they, I don't even think they use uh, they they use an actual airport for the airport stuff. I, so so the, that was my question on the plot. Are we supposed to assume on the plot? Are we supposed to assume that they kept going further because they couldn't get what they want, and so it got to this absurd point? Mm. But they had plans along the way because there was one point in time when the daughter spoilers, uh, if you haven't watched it too bad, uh, was was <laughs> that, trying. To, that, right? that actually wasn't a spoiler. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so, uh, so, okay. So the 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 daughter was actually trying to see the number uh, when they were at uh, the safety deposit box at one point in time. If she could have acquired it at that point, would that have been enough for the con to stop? Mm, yeah, so, prob probably would have ended your movie. Sure. I already, think it's ridiculous know. by the end. No, it, it to, well, yeah, I mean, it totally does it. I, I think it pays off pretty well with the twist and stuff, and it worked for really? me. And I'd forgotten kind of 
how that all turned out. I had totally forgotten. That. Really? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I am very much a person of the moment. And for some reason they, they tipped their hat too soon for me. And I knew the twist really wow. early on. And I don't know why I'm usually not good at this. Usually this, I suck at this. See, that's really but, funny because you got it early and this is your first viewing, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. For me, this is my second, first time in the theater, second time seeing it. And it got me both times. <laughs> like, yeah. What? So, yeah. So this was my first time watching it, and I totally knew every every beat coming from beginning right. to end. Like, and and the reason is because I have a kid now. Yeah. And as soon as you have a kid, the instant a child comes into your life and you feel any sort of parental anything, you start wanting badly to hear from other people about that child. Like the idea that he wouldn't be in direct contact with who he thought was that child's mother from the first word is mind boggling. And so they, the film had constructed this big disease, right? Like they, there are all these different conditions for the main character to try to explain this huge gaping plot hole of him not ever contacting her mother until it was too late. Mm. And that was of course, not going to be believed by me, the audience. The audience isn't going to believe that he's really as sick, or not as sick, he's really as disordered as he appears to be. Why? Because he's a con man. Mm. And he literally says to other people, you got to recognize when you're the mark, right? right, right. So mm. as the audience, I'm looking, I'm the movie's begging me to figure it out, mm. right? Like to, to assume that nobody's true and what you know what are they actually up well to? apparently bibbit and i are easy marks then because we got yeah, we are, I'm, yeah. usually, I'm usually I, I totally really was, easy uh, mark snowed in by that yeah right usually i'm an easy mark it's odd the thing that that finally that the thing that tripped me up really quick and early was something that maybe wasn't intended the if you notice in the movie everybody who smokes is a con man everybody who starts mm -hmm. to try to smoke ends up being a con man Guess let's play on the matchstick man motif mm -hmm. theme, whatever. Okay, so as soon as we, the original doctor disappeared and this other doctor appears and he's smoking, I'm like, am I supposed to in, be implying something about this character? And so it, it kind of tipped it for me. Now, if I just saw this back in 2000 when we still saw at least some people smoking on film, I don't know if I would have caught on as quick. But in the year 2017, seeing somebody smoke on a film is instantly attention grabbing yeah he's he was man he was smoking like that's the other oh, thing I, I wrote this in my notes so i may as well ask it now uh if you're that fastidious and that ocd and that you know jacked up about stains and opening the door three times and all all the mm -hmm. stuff that he was doing like the the extreme form of whatever condition he OCD, was dealing yeah. with mm -hmm. it, i feel like smoking would be the you're right the right. worst yeah you yeah, wouldn't cause smoke because ashes all over the place the smoke i mean you know, the, as much as he freaked out when they opened the window to let the dog or open the door to let the dog out and right. behind Sam Rockwell, there's all that pollen that he's seeing mm -hmm. floating around. Yeah. I would think that that smoke would probably be. Uh, yeah, it'd be uh, up there. It'd and, be I up just, there. and I just want to I, I want to acknowledge because I really don't want to get too far into this and get emails mm -hmm. and stuff. The, there are there are three separate conditions portrayed here. Right. There's OCD. There's agoraphobia and there's germophobia. Those aren't always one and the same. They're not always related, right? right? This film relates them in one person, but we get that this is a movie. You're supposed to suspend disbelief. Maybe it's not a perfect uh, representation of what people who suffer from these things are actually going through. The film really takes licenses with 
the whole psychiatrist relationship mm-hmm. and the meds oh, yeah. and so on. Yeah, but they could. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the portrayal is is potentially Probably. accurate in that there could be somebody who's dealing with all three of those things or or, sure. or something. Oh, yes. And it's all yeah. based on some book. It's not supposed to be an, a, a real book. It's a fictional book, but. You know, I, 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 it's I, not a real book. I bought into this. I liked the idea of this guy who had this this horrible thing with all of the ticks and the grunts and the twitching eye and the and the everything, but then could turn that all off when he got into the zone, and the zone being like, now Ooh. I'm deceiving somebody for large wads of money. Mm-hmm. And then I and then I I named OCD agoraphobia and germophobia. He has panic attacks, and yeah. that's not not necessarily a you know, like named disorder for him. And you don't know exactly where, where it's coming from, but the movie tries to make you wonder, is he, is he making this up? You Mm -hmm. know, like, like, is, is this part of the con and you don't really know? Well, you know what I'm saying? I I felt like I knew early because it it would be, it breaks the rules. If for example, you're over at that lady's house, this is very early in the film and the husband's there and the dog and all that. Oh, the old that. lady. Who is the old lady? She's a she's an actress who has been in uh, some things. That... <laughs> who is that old lady? She is who an actress. Who is that little old lady? They hired her <laughs> from a from a casting call. She is an actress. I don't know who she is. Is she somebody famous? Do we know her? She's somebody we've seen before for sure. No. Yeah, she's in a TV series. It is uh, Jenna O'Hara. Okay. And oh. uh, you probably, yes, you probably remember her uh, from, well, I remember her most well from the movie devil because she plays really well oh right she was a just the crazy lady in the elevator with them freaking out like like a right. crazy woman oh, yeah still right seen right that. yeah it's a but sh- she's been Shyamalan in lots of tvs deal. and lots of lots of film shows so she's quite recognizable Is that the m night Shyamalan deal where she's in the- yes okay Yes, Still she used to it. be on my mom's soap opera. My mom uh, watched uh, As the World Turns every day. <laughs> I thought you were going to say your mom was on a soap opera. That'd yeah, be awesome. that'd be awesome. Well, my because I was differentiating from my soap opera. I watched Days of Our Lives. My mom yeah. watched As the World yeah. Turns. We all watched Days I mean, of Our all, Lives because all men of a certain age watch Days of Our Lives in college. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I still, to this day, we've talked about it on TMS. I scratch my head and wonder why is it that our range of generation. Mm-hmm. was watching that i don't get right, it. right right like why did that ever matter i oh, it's <laughs> beyond me i still don't get she it. was you don't have the internet as a as a reason because the internet was not right. bringing us all together we were binge watching the, the you know the continuing adventures of patch and kayla yeah <laughs> patch yeah. oh my shit right. patch but, <laughs> but i forgot that, about jenny patch. jenny o'hara as the mark the first mark uh brings us kind of brings us squarely into this film has quite a cast and maybe yes. that's kind of part of the reason it was so over budgeted maybe mm-hmm. maybe it cost a lot not for any one person but just to get all of these different people and bruce right. altman cost money and bruce mcgill cost money not a lot but it, it adds up right yeah. <laughs> i love bruce mcgill actually the two I do too. the two bruces yeah. in this thing are are that bruce the other guy the the psychiatrist dude the, uh, yeah. bruce altman. number one altman, altman. he is all over the place right now. He was in. He's in a couple of shows I really like. He was uh, had a relatively big part in uh, Mister Mister Robot season one, maybe Mr. two. Mister Robot, no. He was really good in that, and he was. And he's always slimy bastard in these things now. And he was. He's he, apparently in Ozark. Yeah, he I was in Ozark, which I just finished, oh, and he was only in the. I won't tell you why. <laughs> he was only in the first couple episodes. <laughs> Uh, but he's, uh, he's an interesting dude. So it, it was, it was interesting seeing him. And then Bruce McGill, I just find like, 
him. I don't know what it is about that guy's face. There's something about that dude that is both yeah. funny and really disconcerting. I can't. Intimidating. Right. Kind yeah. of intimidating. You don't want Bruce McGill pissed at you. No. Right. <laughs> it just now occurred to me that Bruce McGill was D-Day in Animal House. Oh, my gosh. What? what? Like, the guy up. who puts the, you know, who uh, runs, drives off in the police car and uh, mm-hmm. right. yep. kind of the one that everyone, everyone attributes a lot of the stuff that, uh, that D-Day does to uh, right. Bluto, to John Belushi. But, oh, the one with the mustache. The one with the mustache, yes. I, that is, I never put that together. No, and it and just just dawned on me when I saw his IMDb. Is like his po- most popular role was in Animal House. I'm thinking, oh yeah, interesting. Who's he? Oh my God, he was D Day. That's crazy. Look at that. Yeah. These wow. days he's like a senator or a, a corrupt <laughs> right. businessman or whatever. Right, southern, right, southern uh, lawyer or something. But <laughs> there's a great pitch. He should be Steve Bannon in the in the upcoming biopic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 wait. Okay, come back to me. There was a great ex- <laughs> there was a great example for who should play Steve Bannon. I gotta find it. Oh. Well what job <laughs> and the it HUD- wasn't Rosie O'Donnell. Oh no, it's not. I'm sure that's not Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> that that, that, that doesn't that. that's a problem on a couple of fronts, it turns right. out. Um, did, did I just but I to get back to what you were talking about, Scott, I think I totally derailed what you were going to tell us about the old lady. Oh, uh, the old lady scene because right. I I thought that was very emotional. What did you have to say? No, 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 no. I'm glad you brought me around to it. So uh, my original point was it was to answer Randy's question about whether or not we're supposed to wonder if we're being duped by him. Right. And I don't think so because they break a rule if they do that. And the rule is if you have a character viewed only moment like the pollen and the sped up camera and the kind of freak out he's having when that door's open to let the dog out, like, like Ibit was describing, mm-hmm. then you can't then say later, Oh, that was just, he was just fooling you because that's not that, oh, that right. is an unfair thing to do to the audience. It's not right, right. That is not within the rules. You're not playing sleight of hand or you're not you're like six cents. That's perfectly reasonable movie to be fooling us the entire time. Right. Totally. Like club. Yeah. Reasonable to do it. Yeah, yeah. Don't feel bad about yeah. either of those because those that's they're going about it in a very honest way that in this movie, I, I will. I do not buy the idea that that it was ever us being fooled by him because mm-hmm. that you can't do that. Like you can't show him being affected and have him go oh, I made up that special effect and put the little bugs in the background oh, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. like it doesn't work that right way. right if, if it wasn't filmed from his perspective to alienate us that makes sense yeah. because no. yeah if, if you just saw his reaction then you would go okay maybe yeah so I, I i get what you're saying but i'm watching this movie for the first time and mm. i'm trying to figure out who's conning who at all times yeah. right yeah and who so it's who? it's it's real easy to it's real easy to disregard rules that you you that are getting thrown at you in mm-hmm. that moment. That's sure, but saying. that but that particular rule it would have been. I mean, it's just blasphemy. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. The girl, the girl. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious. The girl, you know, when the reveal happens, or maybe if you perceive it ahead of time, but it's obviously what the girl's doing. And well, you know, but I'm, glad they, I'm glad they brought brought it back around because that that saved the value of the character relationships that we built through the movie. Because I really. The thing I loved about this movie was the character relationships really well developed. I completely a lot agree. Of, a lot of fun. Completely agree. They could have one of my least favorite things in anything real life or fiction <laughs> is when somebody screws somebody over and then you never see them again. Right. Like right. I need some kind of like shot. look in their face and I need something to finish that out. I need a way to 
because because you because you can't just sweep under the rug the actual relationship building stuff and you right. knew that there was more to that than her just fooling him this that but this movie hangs a lot on on a chance encounter in a carpet store because <laughs> because he never sees frank again he never sees bruce mcgill again after he gives his doctor his password, he never sees him again. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the con, the con leaves him stranded all alone on the on a rooftop, and then it comes back to this thing in the carpet store, and it has to it has to explain a lot of his character transformation, and mm-hmm. it it, 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 it's, it was too much. I the whole time I'm I'm like, what the hell is going to happen? Is he going to punch her in the face? Is that going to be? You know what I'm saying? Like, is he is he playing a con on her right now? And it just, it was too burdensome that really? I, I didn't get to, for me, I didn't get to enjoy the right. sort of exchange where you can tell he's moved on, she is kind of forgiven, but I don't even know, is she conning her new boyfriend? Like, I just don't, it's, it's just like, there was a lot in there. Yeah, and, well, he answered, I mean, he answered that very question, or asked that very question, asked her, is, is he, you know, is he a mark? And she's like, no, I actually really like him, and. But how can he believe? Well, you her? don't. You're she right. All his life savings. You're totally right. You're totally right. When he's done, he's going to go back to hawking remnants, and you know, she's going <laughs> to drive off. With, and, with her, yeah. with her, with her age, I think there was some implication that she could change, and I, I kind of bought into it. I didn't. I accepted. If she is conning him, that's fine. But what's he got? What's he got to lose? Left. Mm. There's nothing for her to gain by this. There's nothing for him to lose. So to me, it felt like a genuine experience because how many times have we had some kind of bad relationship breakup and then like, you know, a year later, randomly they show up in your life and it's like, Ooh, how do I handle this situation? This is like really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I could totally relate. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about Alison Lohman's age? Because it actually, it actually leads to one of the best things in the film for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. So, so the whole, the whole movie is really about a con man getting conned by someone pretending to be much younger than they are right that's really including the actress she's what like 23 in real life she was 23 when she made the movie and in in the in the context of the film we don't know how old she actually the character actually is but the character they say 14 right yeah Yeah, she's saying 14 we don't know how right oh i got you i got you was yeah because she's conning him right yeah but she was 23 and that's a that's a pretty big cliff to climb up (laughs) as visually and and so for you the the viewer uh, and and Ridley Scott you know he's uh he's never made real stinkers right he, but he's made some he's made some pretty darn good films and you can tell all of his expertise in this one scene where Nick Cage goes to try to spot his daughter outside a high school mm-hmm. and they have all these other kids coming and going and he's like well i i guess Maybe. if she's that if she's that you know, uh, brown kid, then she's not mine. Right. And I guess if she, yeah, that sort of thing. Mm. Right. Everyone they show you is way over 14. Yeah. All the actors that they have walking <laughs> around are about Alison Lohman's actual age. And you get visually drawn into a con as a viewer yep. where you're like, oh, right, these are what 14-year-olds look like. And then you see her and and you're like, oh, yeah, she's a, that's what Makes a 14-year-old looks like. She, she also very impressively plays 14. Like, it's it's almost creepy to yeah. me how, how yeah. she pulled but, that off because I would have – I remember seeing it in the theater the first time and thinking, oh, wow, this is a great child actor. Can't wait to see what she does right. next. And didn't realize, <laughs> no, she's an adult you, actor. I, I just want to give so much credit to both Ridley Scott and the producers and the casting uh, person on this film because they in this quick little scene they tricked me. B- 
bad into yeah. thinking this, these are what 14-year-olds look like <laughs> by, by not just showing me Alison Lohman at 23, but by showing me probably a dozen people who are 23. Well, and they just, right. uh, just well, help reinforce see, it, you know? Yeah. And when you see Angela at the end of the movie looking way, way, you know, oh, much older, right. yeah, then you kind of think, okay, so, and that's only supposed to be a year after the, the, um, Right. Uh, the the con is revealed to uh, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. So you, you're thinking, okay, well, so she definitely wasn't 14. She's probably more like 19, 20 right. or something. Playing and that's why she wore all those con. dumpy those dumpy clothes to hide her figure. But then she, yeah. when she wasn't play older. She was more revealing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely right. agree. It was, a, it was That part was pretty brilliant. Well yeah, really well, well done, played. I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, who knows? It's a combination of things, but I think she deserves a ton of credit. She was really good. Yeah, and kind of surprised we haven't seen other big things from her. I mean, Big Fish, uh, Drag Me <laughs> to Hell, yeah. Things White We Lost o- in the Fire. Yeah. White Oleander, was that? Uh, is she in that? I never saw that. Yeah, I don't know. That's She's good. not doing a ton now, though. It's Flicka, you know me, I love horse movies. No, wait, I hate them. You don't like horse movies. Do you? What? Brian what? doesn't like really? horse movies. I hate horse movies. Wait, no. Sorry, wait, 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 wait. horse movies, lovers. Okay. Well, movies that uh, that like War Horse and uh, yes. Secretariat, things like that. Okay. Well, Godfather. <laughs> Godfather's probably big on your list, though. Is ones you well, like. I like Godfather because the horse takes a turn. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Hold on. I want a, I want a, co- a tidy definition of horse movie. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think yeah. movie horse, that. No, movie no, no. that we, primarily contains a mm, horse in the mm, story. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. We all get that Seabiscuit and Black Stallion is a horse movie. I get that. Right, 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 Secretariat, right. horse movie. Where, Where's the outer edge? Like, is Hidalgo a horse movie? Yeah. Hmm. Unsure, if, unsure because the horse just carries him, right? Did they have a relationship? I haven't seen the movie. I don't okay. think it's all featured right. prominently. Uh, let me I could be wrong. Another, let me, let me just think of another city? example. Six. Oh, nice! I knew you was gonna go there. I knew somebody go there. Good job. Probably didn't think it would be. You didn't think it would be me as much as I didn't. Uh, yeah, I, I was. I was over here. here looking at. I was. I was you, you conned me because I was looking at Scott. So, okay, so if it's and, primarily about a horse person, like Man from Snowy River or Horse Whisperer. Okay, Horse Whisperer has horse in the title. Never mind. Yeah, but, I don't. Yeah, no, that's not gonna work for me. But like, I, I just want to know where the boundary is. Like, well, where well you... like Plan of the Ace. I'm okay with that because what? There's like, you know, they there's horses in there but they're not so the central okay plot. So, so you're okay with yeah you, oh uh, yeah fine yeah okay. you're you're okay you're okay completely. with horse as vehicle as 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 conveyance but right. you're not interested want, in when they're the I focus i want to relegate horses to you know to vehicles right yeah <laughs> i i get it no fascinating. I get how it. does a horse when it becomes a character ruin a movie for you i would love to understand okay this. so all right it goes back to when i was a child uh i had a horse uh, throw me uh, every horse I have been around, and this is just my personal experience. It's okay. You can write an email if you want to and go, Brian, horses are fantastic, and you could tell me for 20 minutes how these great horses were to you. All I've ever seen in my life, personally, and I don't want to be exposed to any more horse information, is bad horse things. Horses are horses, dicks. Horses are dicks. Horses <laughs> kick at each other in the ribs to kill each other. Not to say, excuse me politely, no, to kill each other. And I've been around those horses, and they're just... Every horse I've encountered has been a dick. Don't get me wrong. I know you love horses, people. It's all right. You can love horses, and it's okay if I'm not very fond of them. No, I, just from I, my experience. You know, I totally get it. It's funny. I don't share the hatred of the horse, but I totally right. understand it. Like, I... Especially when it's like, oh, look, it's a horse. We've made him very like a person. He's got emotions. And, you know, like I bet you I bet that your worst torture would be pinning you down 
and oh my forcing God. you, forcing yeah. you like wrap your tire hands behind your back, hold your eyes open with two picks and make you watch like Mr. Ed for like 12 hours straight. <laughs> right. Or whatever the, the Elizabeth Taylor movie where she's uh national velvet. Right. <laughs> make oh my, you watch that one. Do yeah. you know how much I hate? I have a fear as well. So that's probably part of it. Do you know how many times I hate going to parades and stuff that has horses in them? Because I'm like, oh, here comes the horses. Back up, back up, back wow. up. Wow. Don't care for it. Mm. That's me. I think that's See, great. I don't, I don't yeah. know right now whether Dunaway has an actual phobia or he's just conning us. No, right. <laughs> it would be a perfect time, wouldn't it? Yeah. I, I, uh, I believe it. I believe I, it. I believe it, too. I think that you don't like them, genuinely. And we'll never... No. Listen, uh, as much as I hate to say this, but maybe we, you know, we slip a, a horse-focused, uh, <laughs> uh, you know... There, I hear there. I hear they're making, remaking Minority Report with an all-horse cast. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I, I'm uh, actually surprised we haven't seen a film like Secretariat or Black Stallion on on. Uh, just because I've 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 quietly been uh, <laughs> steering you away from it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Who's no Secretariat? Pun, no. no pun intended. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so maybe we could put in. Um, maybe we I, could not. I, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we cast in our all horse movie? I'm putting. Uh, I'll tell you who I'm putting in. Adam Driver. He'll be in there as a horse. He's got a horse <laughs> oh face. My God. Oh, so you're trying to come up with the ugliest actors? Okay, hold yeah. on. Yeah. Who's, uh, who's nice. uh, was it Cortese? Who's the guy? The MTV guy that uh... Cortez. Cortez. Okay Dan with, Cortez. I'm, Dan Cortez. I'm okay with horse. I'm okay with horse type people. <laughs> it's the horses. <laughs> I'm okay with horse type people, is what yeah. you said just now. That's amazing. I would not, I never want to forget that. I want that emblazoned on a shirt or something. I'm okay with horse type people. Yeah. Dear, <laughs> dear Adam Driver, you're ugly, but Brian Dunaway says he's okay with yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you'll notice I've never. I don't. I don't remember calling anybody ugly ever. I try to okay. I try to back off that. I'm I'm kind of a wuss when it comes to that stuff. I I I prefer the term unique looking person. There you go. All right. <laughs> I mean, I only say Adam Driver because I used to get in trouble for the Sex and the City lady when I'd say her name. So I, 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 I've right. moved Adam Driver to, to create less <laughs> chaos around me. Um, right, and what I've done is I've just reopened that wound. Yeah, well done, right. Brian. Well done. Uh, so I was going to say one other thing about Adam Driver. Don't you think if you were on any project, film, movie, TV, whatever, with Adam Driver, that whenever you get close to finishing your film... Uh, or it's like only got a day or two left of shooting, you would call him or text him and say, come and finish what you started. Wouldn't you do that every time? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, I would too. And Absolutely. would you do it in the voice? Would you say, finish what you started? Would you do that? I would. Uh, without a doubt. Okay, yes. so would I. Uh, anyway, so the point, my one of my points <laughs> earlier was the movie only made half its money back, which made me a little bit sad. But also, Nicolas Cage was making way too much money per film back in 2003. So he was mm -hmm. probably the biggest reason. The one person we haven't really talked about here is a guy I'll watch garbage movies because he's in. Yeah, yeah. Sam yeah. Rockwell and, is but, amazing. But the guy hasn't made any garbage movies. Even even Choke, which is uh, based on a Chuck Palahniuk novel, mm -hmm. yeah. I think is good because of him. Mm, maybe not right. maybe not good because of the rest of the film. It was it was based on a great book, but even Choke is better because of sam rockwell yeah, like, so nobody, believable nobody loves or hates the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy movie but sam rockwell sure as hell elevates it oh yeah, yeah. for sure no he's great i like that movie fine but he he definitely helps it he's great in everything first thing i ever saw him in was galaxy quest and then it was from then on it was like oh i love him and and everything and i feel like 
there's been less Sam Rockwell in our lives for the last few years. Why do right. I feel that mm-hmm. way? Because I know it's not true. There's got to he's, be He's things. doing the animated thing on yeah. uh, Netflix now, that F is for family. Oh, right. yeah, right. and I haven't seen that yet. I'm interested. Okay. He's been really focused on like one shots, uh, like cameos and TV series and stuff, which makes me wonder if like he he has a family now. Like he's in a, <laughs> a a time in his career when he's trying to you know like raise kids with his wife or something. I mean, there's stuff mm-hmm. like Poltergeist remake in 2015, but then Iron there's Man. all these things I've never heard of, like dr- digging for fire, Don Viridian, loitering with intent. Like what is this? What are you with it? <laughs> I love the title. There's a ton of names of things like Seven Psychopaths. The last thing I can really remember him being oh, in yeah. a major movie with a bunch of stars, and that was oh, right. a, that was yeah. 2012. So it's been a while, you know. I didn't realize uh, Hitchhiker's Guide was the first thing he did after Matchstick Men. Oh, that's, they were they were back to back projects. Yeah. So that's where he ended up. So there you go. He was in that G Force. That horrible the, the G-Force. Chuck Barris thing. Yeah, that was really now, good. Now, I'll tell you, Moon, that movie, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was I was engaged the whole time. I just, I yeah. don't think I've watched it. It's been a while since I've watched a movie with that type of engagement. Right. Yeah. That's his best film. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It was amazing. So 2009, a long time ago. But mm-hmm. uh, And and while we're, while the words best film are floating through the air, uh, okay. give, give me your Ridley Scott, because I have a pretty strong hmm. opinion here. Ridley Scott, best movie for you, uh, Brian Ibbett. Blade Runner. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. It's hard I'm for not, me not that's to. That's not my answer, as you know. No, oh, good, I, good. I guess. Uh, who, go. He's Scott Johnson. Uh, He's Scott Johnson. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to say, um, oh, geez. So many. Oh, there's okay. so many. Do you want me, do you want um, me to go while you, while you think sure. about it? Okay, right, wait, no wait, way. wait. Does it count if it's a, 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 a director's cut of something that wasn't very good otherwise? That's oh, fine. that's a good, yeah, of course. Because Kingdom of Heaven is one of the best movies I've ever seen. I freaking love that movie. But I'm probably going to oh, say the, Gladiator. But you like, love... the, you like the, the, uh, the remake. The director's <laughs> the remake, cut. The yeah, director's the cut, director's right. cut which yeah. is way long. It's like two, two and a half hours or something. It's really, really good. Just It's it's maybe some of the best work he's ever done. But I don't know. There's so many, dude. This is hard. Black Hawk Down, I'm going to say. I'll say that. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Black, Heart, Black Hawk Down. <laughs> Black Hawk Black Down. Hawk down. <laughs> Is not a it's not a very complicated movie, right? It's like a really short road trip across the city. It's like kinda. I mean it's a. it's I don't know how to explain it. It's super intense. I'd love that movie. And j- it doesn't even matter that Josh Hartnett was sort of a heartthrob at the time and has gone nowhere since really. It it just was a great movie with all kinds of good actors and Sam, the late Sam Shepard, by the way, who just passed last week, um uh was in that, played the Colonel great mm-hmm. in that oh my gosh there's just something about the the tone and everything it's it's Hans Zimmer's soundtrack is one of his best for sure uh it's just really good if you haven't seen Black Hawk Down in a while maybe my favorite yeah. war movie I haven't seen yeah. Dunkirk yet but you know who knows if that'll challenge it or not it's a good call so we got uh, Blade Runner Black Hawk Down Dunaway what did would you say easy easy for me Alien yeah uh, good one good I, I, it's, it's, Alien. it's just a, it's just a movie that I watch over and over again i've watched it i watch it every year i yeah. mean all the maybe even two or three times a year i just turn it on it's probably it's, his most re actually that i put that and gladiator together is the most rewatchable movies of his the ones you can just kind of sit down and see again over and over and not, and not feel bad right. about it oh see for me, blade runner is that for me as well yeah blade right. runner is great for that as well and and it's it's important to point out ridley scott is not a one-trick pony he yeah. he makes movies like blade runner which are big and sweeping and he makes movies like the martian which is just putting a camera in front of Matt Damon and getting a performance out of him. And 
And Ridley Scott does it well. He's he like I, I was thinking if the topic was what's his worst movie, I don't really want I don't really care what his worst <laughs> movie is. It's probably Robin. You? It's probably it's, it's probably Robin Hood. Or maybe that one the the one where he remade uh the Moses deal. It was that <laughs> the Moses, you know, the Moses deal, that you know, thing with the, Moses the, deal. With the baby in the basket. You what's, know what I'm talking what's about. What's that right? one called? It had Batman in it. I'm going to look it up. It's called the no, Moses and Batman. Oh, it was the one right before oh, the Martian. Gods and Kings. Yeah. No. Gods and Kings. 2014. That is, a, that is not a, I mean, that's it, not a good movie. It might be, it might be Hannibal, right? Because the studio, oh, I never watched oh, it. Oh, I liked Nathan. Hannibal just fine. Hannibal was great. Oh, it's, a, but, it's because the book he was so pro- bad. He was a producer on that. Is that, okay. do we, do we get down? Do we count? No, he directed it. No, he directed it. Okay. He directed it. And oh, he directed it, it too. I yeah. thought he just produced it. No, no, no. He directed Hannibal. But, Hannibal's good. Uh, but anyway, with. like my answer is Gladiator, and the mm, film good. has really grown on me over the last fifteen years. Like when it first came out, I was not that thrilled by it. But every now and then, it's streaming on Netflix, and I'll sit and watch it. And there are very few movies that I will just sit and rewatch on Netflix. There's so much to see. Yeah, you know. You might but ask if uh, are you are you not entertained? You almost ask yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's just, he asks himself that. It's such a it's such a complete film, and I I hate to compare it to something that's you know 20 years younger than uh, older than it, right? Mm-hmm. But I it, I my, my complaint about Blade Runner was that it didn't feel like a complete film. It felt like. It, it it you know played a lot of tricks with me with uh you know making as little of a movie as it needed to and I know you guys all saw a better version of it than I did. Mm. Gladiator is such a huge movie. It's it, you know it's got so many different things to entertain you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just uh, and the music, the score. Oh, uh, top five of uh, my entire collection of scores. Gladiator. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, another Hans that, Zimmer. Piece Hans of, Zimmer. Yeah. yeah. Can is I that, ask? Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. That, that seems like you'd be easily everyone's favorite Russell Crowe film. Right. right. <laughs> can, sure, can I ask? Sure. I've never, I've never seen it, but oh. I suspect, I suspect film sackiness, Michael Douglas's black rain. Oh, is that or, a oh. directed by yes, Scott. for sure. I saw that. I had, I had a friend named Angel who was like big into Michael Douglas. Right. And, um, basically it was always movie night over at her house. It was the precursor to Netflix and chill, except all we did was watch, movies there was nothing else right. going on there videotape and rewind exactly it was it was blockbuster and rewind <laughs> and uh, i remember seeing that movie and and all i can remember is michael douglas running around in the rain a lot it was <laughs> japan or something right this is so literal <laughs> it is literally <laughs> wow but i remember uh... i remember being really disappointed because i was a big and still am obviously a big blade runner fan a big ridley scott fan and so i was expecting right. something as good as Blade Runner, and I was—I I remember being hugely disappointed. Well, look what you got here. You got my, not my just Michael Douglas. You got Andy Garcia. You got Kate Upshaw, Capshaw rather, Upshaw. Right. Uh, you got John Spencer. <laughs> I love him. You got oh um, yeah, we love that guy. Stephen Root and mm. Luis Guzman. Like maybe that is a, really? that looks like a sackable movie well, to me. And this is this oh, is one totally. of the movies. This is one of the movies that gave us Jan de Bont, Right? He was the he was sort of the the visionary cinematographer for Black Rain. Yeah, right. that's yeah. all he did for a while until he came around to speed or whatever he did first. <laughs> uh, yeah, like there's, I'm just I looking. I think I get this film confused a lot with that one that we watched. Yeah, uh, Hard Rain, every time. And it's the title. Hard Rain and Rising Sun. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> really? Hard yeah. Rain and, and Rising now, Sun. And then now I'm confused with a video game called Heavy Rain. Yeah. <laughs> no, that game should so confuse the, you. It was uh, confusing. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember White Squall, G.I. Jane. Some of these aren't very good, but, you know, I don't know that he's ever made a total dumpster movie. Like, there's a lot of... 
Oh, I forgot he made that 1984 Apple Mac ad. That was, <laughs> oh that was Ridley God. Scott. Yeah, that was right after Blade Runner, two years after. But the watch over me was pretty good with uh, Bodyguard. What was it? Uh, Baron Tom Berenger, I yeah. think. Yeah, no, that sounds Protecting, right. Protecting uh, Tom Cruise's ex-wife. Yep. Uh, Robin Hood was really bad. There you go. There's one. That's yeah, I'm, I'm oh, trying yeah. to look through his I... Rotten Tomato reviews. Even Black Rain seems to be at 50%. So if you can if you can right, bat, yeah. even in a bad movie at 50%, you're doing pretty good. He's, yeah. he's never made a bad one. And, and But, I mean, the main thing is we went around, we named our four favorite Ridley Scott films. None of us said Matchstick Men. And <laughs> it's, it's, not that, it's not that it's bad, but did you all finish like me thinking, oh, that ending could have been different? Well, because I, I, no, I totally. it's all I've been able to think about. Maybe, but, I, but apparently, apparently, he, according yeah. to the trivia, he fought for that because it's the book's ending, and and the producers and others didn't want the book's ending. They didn't think it was had enough splash, and maybe that's what you're speaking to. But I guess he fought to keep it. So yeah, I'm speaking. I'm speaking to the last 15 years since this movie came out hmm. have been nothing but thrillers and black comedies that are super smart and have twists upon twists. You know, mm, and right. this movie, this movie ultimately doesn't. When you're waiting for the final shoe to drop, Ridley Scott just holds it and walks away. You know, it's, ent- it's entirely possible that I'm super obtuse about this and I don't understand it. But what does the matchstick men refer oh, to? What does that mean? It is, it is con men. Con men uh, create, fabricate uh, quick uh, cover stories about their person uh, that is, is quickly just a quick burn. But so what, it's, it's, oh, it's a quick burn. It's just a quick burn of a oh, name. You don't gotcha, just throw it okay. away. You know, okay. it's, it's nothing. It's trash. Holy, and holy cow, because um, I had to look at the trivia. Uh, I'm, number one, I'm I'm amazed that they could have left the major con. So when you say they left it out of the screenplay, we're talking about the major con. We're talking about the long con, the whole big yeah reveal at the end of the film. That yeah. seems. How do you do this movie without having that? If you don't have that, I don't think you have a movie. Like you kind of. I no. mean, you do. Yeah. It's interesting, it, but then it's just tropey, like. Oh, you know, daughter comes back and now he has to reevaluate his life and it's different because she's right. 14 we were, and, you know, that's this, all. If that's all it was, then it's no longer right. the setup for a much broader thing. Yeah, I, right. I agree. What, well, how do they end this if there's not a big long con like, you know, the, so, the one that he's not right. aware of? So what, yeah. what I'm talking about is that he ends up just as OK, if not better off than he was at the start of the movie, probably better off he's driving a nice car he's got Absolutely. a job he's got a nice house a wife and pregnant like it's it's like the movie ends and i'm like wait a minute that's so he's he's totally fine this all went down and it, he's yeah. fine yeah like, i'm i'm good that, with are that. You not like, okay with that How I, you I, not I, okay I've, with that? I've seen a lot of movies since then that are super smart and think uh think they're really really cagey and would have sorry cagey i'm sorry but <laughs> would have and w- would have had something like Either a, a character gets beaten up and never, and the movie never stops beating up on them. Even right, in the right. very end, you find out, wow, he's got a horrible job now, and he hates right. everything and nothing to go back to. Or uh, everything's gone, everything's gone to hell. But he is actually the the mover of all things, and you find out that he was conning them, conning him, right? And so it turns out that he's he's got a a separate safety deposit box. That no, that they didn't even know about. That's got even more money in it, or something. You know what I'm saying? But like, he has to end up. He does have to end up on, not necessarily on top, but he has to end up okay because the the movie throughout the whole thing sets it up as most of the time he's pulling cons on on people who can afford to be conned or people that um, uh, that quote unquote deserve it. Even the lady in the laundromat, he makes 
Angela give the money back. So you mm. say, okay, he's a good guy. He needs to end up on top. Mm. We're we're, sa- we're saving. What we're Maybe doing not necessarily is, the old couple right. at the beginning. Yeah. But what we're doing <laughs> too, though, too what we're top, doing though. it. Right. What we're doing. No, no. What we're doing is trying to save the character, even though he doesn't want to save himself or doesn't know he needs to save himself. I I thought it was great. I love the the ending in the way that it, it elevated the characters to where I wanted them to be. And uh, I, I no, that I was actually pretty satisfied I, with. Like, again, I get that. And you can right. watch this movie in its context. I'm just saying I've seen all of these Guy Ritchie films. And these, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've, I've seen things. I've seen things I can't forget, man. <laughs> You're scared. <laughs> I got you. And this movie, this movie ends. And I'm like, wait, whoa, he's everything's fine. Like, oh, OK, I guess. And I've just been thinking about all the other ways it could have ended. Right. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I could. I could. I could use more movies that everybody in because a lot of times it feels like a cheat. It's like, oh, you got there too fast. He didn't suffer for it. Uh, everything in fines. That's stupid. But in this one, he suffered a lot for it, and I, I think it. I think it worked out well. He, it, it was, was well like handled. He well-handled. paid his penance and right. and had a chance to start over and and do things the right way, which it seems like he did working on the carpet. Mm-hmm. You know, working in the carpet business, the lucrative carpet business. Yeah. <laughs> the other, the other piece of trivia that you mentioned earlier, Randy, about the um, the airport scenes not being filmed in the airport. Uh, you, Scott, and I, sorry, Brian Dunaway, are very familiar Aww. with where they filmed the airport scenes because it's in the lobby of the Anaheim Convention Center where they have yeah. BlizzCon. Oh, and now like. that, and now that like. I think about it, those big pillars and those mm-hmm. big, yep. you know. <laughs> It's right there in the front. Right oh, where, that's you know. hilarious. You're, there could be key art right on, to the left over there hanging from the thing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. funny. I thought, actually, it, I thought maybe it was yeah. John Wayne International or something because it reminded now that me I'm, of that. Now that I'm looking it up, uh, they they went over to the Hilton to film the exterior. They <laughs> they, really, uh, <laughs> they actually filmed the Spearmint Rhino scene at the Spearmint Rhino, the mm-hmm. actual club. Yeah. yeah, I'm never they, going there. Apparently the women don't take their clothes off, so I'm never going to that. <laughs> Yeah, right? yeah. What kind of strip club is that? Brian's not interested. <laughs> Almost strip club. It's Jeez. the magical. It's the most Ridley's... magical place on earth. Is what they say. You could you could feel Ridley Scott through that middle of the movie, keeping it PG thirteen. He was for really sure. like oh, for sure. You could yeah. for a guy who made freaking Gladiator. Mm-hmm. He, Ridley Scott really towed the line on this is not going to go into our territory. Well, and even the, the freak yeah. out at the pharmacy could have gotten much darker oh, and much more expletive filled. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, but, the, you know, the, was... the, yeah, the nice thing about the the uh, well, OK, so I haven't read the book. I keep referring to the book, but I did do some some digging around. And apparently it's just it's very faithful to the book and the book's a pretty clean, you know, mm-hmm. deal. They're not they don't go to any lengths to try to to raunch it up. But he's certainly had his, you know, he's had uh, probably if you counted him up, he's he's more rated R than he is anything else. But hey, it's time to talk about a different R. It's a terrible transition, but I'm going to try it anyway. Have you guys heard of RX Bar? Well, if you haven't heard of RX Bar, then you're crazy because it's awesome. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar made with 100% whole ingredients and no BS such as added sugar, artificial colors, artificial flavors, preservatives, or fillers made with 100% whole ingredients. Just a few of them too. Simple, clean ingredients you know the names of. And they all serve a purpose. For example, egg whites are the main source of its protein and is easy for your body to absorb. They're gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, no added sugar, no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, or fillers. They all taste great with a variety of flavors. They come in 11 delicious flavor varieties. Whether you like sweet and savory, chocolate or fruit flavors, there's an RX bar for you. 
my favorite is the blueberry. Mmm, so good. They're perfect for breakfast on the go, snacks in the office. Put it in your bag before you get on the plane. You're heading to the gym. Take it with you. Workout pre or post workout snack. Um, I really, really like it. Have I mentioned the blueberry? Get the blueberry. It's really good. Anyway, here's what I want you guys to do. Get 25% off your first order at rxbar.com. That's rxbar.com slash filmsack. And use the promo code filmsack. That's rxbar.com slash filmsack. And the promo code filmsack. I felt it was a re- I feel like it was a period in the early 2000s where we uh, were seeing a lot of films about bad dad redemptions uh, <laughs> based on children showing up they didn't know they had or had neglected and suddenly become parents. Yeah. Again, By the way, you know, bad dad bad dad redemption is my favorite open world. <laughs> oh, I love it. It was so good. You were uh, and, too and much hor- too many movies. horses for Dunaway though. Too many horses. In <laughs> too many, forget that miss. Too many too many movies from that time also featured uh, uh, in their trailers and their advertising um, money, money, money. What's it? What? Who sings that? Is it the OJ's? Money, money, money. Yeah. Oh my gosh! It was in every freaking trailer about money. <laughs> Anything that had to do 2000s. with uh, Wall Street trading or yeah. Um, yeah. con men or get rich quick or whatever. Yeah. Yes. I don't su- know if there was a deal that those couple of years on that song, but man, they used it. <laughs> it was a successor to the, uh, to the great woohoo from blur right. <laughs> right. that they used for every other trailer besides that. But well, do you uh, have a, do you guys have a favorite dad redemption story movie mm. where, you know, dad, dad's going down a bad path and a kid comes along and saves it. Yeah. Boy, uh, the only one that can come to mind is the one with, um, Ed, O'Neill, Ed. What, what's the one we watched here? Ru- oh. Not Rudy, but it's like a. The title is the name of the daughter that he goes and gets. Right, right. Oh, oh, jeez. Um, what the oh, heck is that? This is the, a tro- the, a trope, so it's okay, gotta so, exist as a thing somewhere. Oh, for sure, for sure. I've got a couple of answers to this question. Good, because yeah. I can't think. I'll, I mean, for some reason, I'm thinking of Star Wars. What is, Luke it, is, and it, Vader. is it Dutch? It's Dutch. Is Dutch. It? Yes, Dutch. not Ed O'Neill. It's uh. Yeah. Well, it is Ed O'Neill. It is Ed O'Neill. But it's a boy that he's picking up. Right. That's right. Ethan Embry. Yes, Dutch is. Oh, Ethan Embry's his kid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no way. He's a George. He's Papa Giorgio in the third. He is. Yeah. That's awesome. I like Ethan Embry. So, so all right. I I can't. Th- my brain's not working. I know there's a million of these. I can't think of right. one. Why can't I think so the, of one? So the first one that came to mind was uh, Richard Linklater's Boyhood. And the, the reason that came to mind is because lately I've heard so many people laud that film. Like, it's so important. And it's actually, I mean, it's just a, a, a great trick. Like, Linklater spent a very long time making a movie. It's not that great a movie but i mean give him props for spending most of his life making it yeah. uh ethan hawk is the dad in that movie and you spend a lot of the movie wondering if he is going to end up being you know like okay for his son and in the end he is and mm. it's kind of uh it's kind of cool that way it's very realistic but the the one i love like if i could have one dad movie like if I'm on my deathbed on Father's Day and I'm going to watch something with my son, mm. it's the it's the Tim Burton movie Big Fish. Oh yeah, Big because, Fish. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Second time we talked about that today. It's very because good. It, because movie. it's you know Albert Finney has obviously been not a great dad, and the movie spends the entire time kind of sewing him back together for Billy Crudup's character, and I really like that. Yeah, I know there's a million of these, but I can't think of any. 
I don't know. I, that's bugging me because I know there's a million of them. They're like, there's so many movies. It's like, oh, your dad's a mobster and the kid's not. And oh, you've softened up the mobster. <laughs> but I can't even think what that movie is. Well, but, I, I, I really like, even though it's one of the few, I wouldn't even say it. I like Adam Sandler films most of the time. Oh, there's, yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of crap. But there's a lot of good ones, too. And Big Daddy, for me, even though it mm-hmm. uses cheap tricks. It's totally uh, that, though. You're right. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah. works. Yep. It works. It's totally that trope, for sure. Like, oh, he's a weirdo, slobby guy living on his own. And then, oh, well, this is weird. I got a kid living with me now. What, what do I do? Like, the more I talk about this, the more there are little flickers of answers in my head, and I can't think of them. It's freaking me how out. About, uh, how about Kramer versus Kramer? Sure. That whole Dustin Hoffman oh, thing. Sure. Yeah. All I remember about that was the, I remember at the time going, man, that pretty lady from uh, from for Young Frankenstein's barely covering up her bits. I remember that. I remember because she was covering up her boobies in her crotch, and she is, was in the hallway. I remember that. Is is uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade a good example yeah. of a father son movie? A little, little bit. I don't does know about he a father come, Does he redeem? Movie, I know. Though. Does it's, he redeem him? No, yeah, that's the, that's yeah. the question. I don't think he redeems him. That's more about Indy getting redeemed a little. But yes, right. I still say put it I mean, in the we list. Could, we could go. You know, you know. Does Darth Vader kind of redeem? It's, I was, well, I was thinking of Star Wars earlier, a little bit. I mean, basically, that's, it's a life interrupted mm-hmm. trope. It's not really about dad son so much. It's just that's the right. most common one. But it's just uh, my life is being interrupted by a thing that I'm now responsible for. And yeah, there's yeah, lots. You got to you like got to do a lot more work to come back from cutting your kid's uh, hand off. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if you, you cut your kid's hand off. Yeah, that's a big one. You're, you're never gonna fix that. That's a, well, they got good robots. They'll take care of you. But here's the, here's the thing. I I always bring up Savannah Smiles for various reasons on this show because it had an impact on me when I was a kid. I'm sure if I watched it now, I'd think it was sappy garbage. But at the time, I thought it was really something. And that is the same trope, except it's not. They're not related. This little girl, rich little or family's rich girl or girl from a rich family, gets kidnapped by these two bumbling criminals who have a complete and utter change of heart because she just changes their lives. It's Aww. it's that same thing, you know. Right. So maybe Except in this case, it was all a con. Yeah, it was all long, a long con. <laughs> and and Nick Cage says to her, "Recognize when you're the mark." Yeah. Like it it hurt me that he just <laughs> for the rest from that moment, from that moment in the film when he says, "Recognize when you're the mark." He is the mark, and he never recognizes it ever. Yeah, yeah ever. he's not good at his own advice. Like dads, they have good oh, advice. Yeah. They don't always follow it though. You know. <laughs> It's like, uh, have son, don't put gas on top of things. It'll light on fire. Oh, shit. You know, that's a dad thing to do. Um, all right. Let's see. Uh, I was going to skip down here to something. What was it? It was, uh, oh, Roy's pills were Benadryl. I noticed that and confirmed it. Oh, really? That's funny. So, so they didn't even use, uh, soy estrogen or premenstrual pills or something nope. like that. It's the, especially the ones he dumped in the sink, those color, colorful ones. So, are yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. The, the question in my mind was, how long had this con been going on? Because that doctor who prescribed the pink pills had disappeared. Right. So was that also like the oh, first, step, wow. first step in the con? Or is that just you know irrelevant? Could I think that's just how they figured out the, they could get an in was that. Uh, right. Well, he just so how the, did. The key yeah. to it all was Frank, right? Uh, and I started noticing really quickly, like, Frank got his doctor. Frank went and got Bruce McGill at a strip club. Like, uh, Roy wasn't wasn't bringing anything into his life. You know, like, uh, it, the whole thing stems from Frank. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if Frank had been doctoring 
Roy behind his back for years. You know? Yeah, right. no, he was setting him up. I, I think so. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All the way down to uh, bringing, uh, bringing a sandwich in. You know you don't bring some a sandwich to somebody's house and be dropping crumbs. You don't have to be OCD not to like that. I'll yeah, that, you. you don't. You really don't. <laughs> right. You can be a 100% of, you know, emotionally stable human being without any kind of anything, right. and that would still bug you. Just rub a uh, remote control on, on your butt, and, and that's all you really need to do. <laughs> uh, all right. Who here has ever used, I wrote this in my notes, has okay. any of us ever actually in our lives used one of those shoehorns that are like a full cane oh. style shoe? Yes, I actually, I actually of course. have. I've never yes. used yes. one in my I've life. I've used a shoehorn, but not one that's like a shoehorn on a stick. Yeah. I used to travel with one because I had... I had really nice shoes. It was the one thing I did for myself when I was traveling for business was I bought very expensive shoes mm. and they were and they were fitted tight like the the guy who sold them to me was like you do not want these to be too large. And so I bought this extendable shoehorn. It was on a a stick that you know like was only like eight inches long, but oh. then you extended it all the way out. So, like so it was like, like a yeah. yeah, it was like a one of those antenna things. Are you? If you need a device to get your foot into your shoe, perhaps. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <coughs> it seems like that would retract so accidentally. The shoe. Like right. if, if you're if you're holding it in there with, it seems like that would retract. How did it stay firm and and stiff? Well, it's not like you put any pressure against the shoehorn to get your foot in the shoe. I mean, basically. All it needs to do is act as a little water slide for, the, for your heel Just to go. Just exactly what his little slide. A little water slide. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. Uh, I felt uh, I, one thing I don't like about these these movies is these kinds of movies is I feel bad for the people. Like I felt bad for the lady at the laundromat. I just feel bad. I can't stand the oh, idea. The laundromat. She's also she, an actress. The, her, the idea of she lying. Got her money back. Yeah, she yeah, did, she but, but the idea of, of breaching someone's innocent trust like that is very uncomfortable for me. I hate it. I hate the feeling of it. This movie dances around that pretty well. Like, it, it, it makes you less empathetic with, like, the lady in the house with the dog and the grumpy husband who signs the thing, like... Right. Whatever. They look like they almost deserved it. But but well, he does, but she doesn't. I mean, that that is what you try to do. And it's kind of like the Dexter thing, right, mm -hmm. where he only kills the people that deserve it. Right. And it right. feels like that's kind of what they do with the the couple at the beginning. Oh, he's mean to the dog and he talks down to his wife. He deserves to lose some money. And the, the one in the laundromat, she gets her money back. So that one's OK. And Bruce McGill, maybe he's kind greedy. of a dick. And mm -hmm. yeah. she is greedy. Right. She, you know, she immediately thinks she's going to get half of this. Uh, Right. This lottery ticket that that clearly uh, Angela dropped. Right. Who, and then later yeah. on, she's going to, you know, she's, what, what was she in, Jericho? Yeah, she sucked in that. So <laughs> oh, I like Jericho, though. Jericho needed to keep going. That move, that yeah. show was cool. So so what, so who's our chick in the bucket? Do we have one? Oh, um, I actually had, I actually had thought about that. Oh, as, oh, crap. I as, can't remember. I mean, Frank, we knew he left because we had a letter. So that sewed right. that up. Um, the right. doctor... Or not the doctor. Doctor was in on it. Bruce yeah. McGill, I assume, was also in on it. That's never right. maybe Bruce Bruce McGill's as close as we get. Because, maybe so. Because he did a good one. It wasn't. It wasn't overtly explained. He genuinely looked looked pissed, and he didn't look like he'd be that good an actor to be pissed. But he had to be. He had to be involved in it. Yeah, he seemed right. involved. Well, he had to because she shot him, and we all assumed oh, right, he was right, dead. Right, right, right. Of course, the squibs. Yes. And so, yeah, he had, yeah, he had to be in on it. But I feel like we got no closure with him. Like I needed him later at a mall, like smiling or something. Or I don't know, I don't know why at the mall. I don't know. Hey, no hard feelings, Roy. You know there was there was a there was a there was a uh, there was something in this movie that 
was meant to create anxiety in the viewer uh, that doesn't play true anymore because the technology isn't there or is not widely used. The answer machine pickup. You yeah. used to have to worry that if you called an answer machine and was in the middle of leaving your message, that that person might pick up. Mm -hmm. And what do you do in that situation? We don't have that situation anymore. You don't pick up during leaving a message. No, no. Once you go to voicemail, you're not pick upable. Right. You're I gone. wish that was a thing. I wish we could well, figure out a way to bring that back because that would really make some people. And crap just their pants. and yeah. just you know, again, smartphones change everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'll bet you now a lot of people who had who used to have phone anxiety don't as much because of texting. Mm -hmm. Texting is a right. lot safer and a lot more controllable. Yeah. Than than sure. phone phones used to be is, yeah. but is and is this going to be a thing that and it kind of already is but if carter were to watch i mean i guess carter probably experienced the whole answering machine where you hear the person leaving the message you yeah know, while they're leaving it kind of thing right yeah. but but shoehorns would she no everybody's going to be for everyone in my household is going to see a shoehorn and go what the crap is that dad <laughs> And I'll yeah. say it's a little water slide for your heels. That's, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's something for the that's something for the bedroom children. Don't touch that. Yeah, don't touch. That's one of Daddy's <laughs> special uh, devices. So uh, the other thing I, I thought about is a little more philosophical, a little out there. So bear with me here. But I I got this weird feeling during this movie, and even though we know they're not related now, right? Like we, the, the, he's right, not right. the real father of anybody there. And that's even worse. It's worse, yeah. but 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 there's so many movies, so much TV, so much fiction that requires actors to to play legitimate related to each other people, like a real father daughter, real daughter mother, whatever. And what if we lived in a society? So here's where it gets philosophical. If we lived in a society where your actual lineage like when you, you when you have a son or a daughter, they look just like you. Like almost in every possible way, there's no way you could right. you could look at them and go, "Oh, you're not that person's kid." Think about how much visual art it would ruin. Like it would just destroy films, and and you'd never be able to make a movie unless you had actual related people in it. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Right, like right. you had to be. If it was a father daughter thing, they better be related, or else you know Angelina Jolie and John Voight would have to be in everything together. <laughs> <laughs> because because otherwise you would never buy it do you know what i'm saying it's kind of a right. weird thing to think about but it was like midnight when i watched this so <laughs> i was thinking i was full of doritos and i was thinking lots of weird things i was really out of it i was super out of it and i just thought "Ooh, man you know it'd be light like i just it was it was a weird hypothetical but anyway there's that i wanted to share uh i have uh, some clips i'm going to play them they are uh representative of this film uh, in terms of their quality and uh, length. So here is one that is, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm being buying for time. Here it is. Uh, this is, he's doing that thing again I wrote. Okay, here you go. Unless what? Well, a lot of these whack jobs. Oh, it's his, it's this yeah, Nick it's, Cage. It's the, the thing where he starts telling you, and then he does this. A hole. Right? Isn't that a thing he did once? <laughs> Zeus's asshole, Zeus's butthole. But, yeah. Isn't that way? Right, I'm going to find that old one. Assholes. No. Well, somebody. What do you see? We oh, yeah, there it is. What do you see? Oh, we okay. cut the chit chat a hole. Yeah, that one. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah. But there was another one, I think, in the same movie. It goes, and what in Zeus's butthole does that have to do with? <laughs> I love that. That's a Nick Cage I, standard. Which, okay. Which I hate to just keep doing this over and over in the film, but Nick Cage, man. Did he ever make a great film? Like he's got some good performances, but 
Did he ever make a great movie? I would. I wouldn't even say. I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, I, I didn't want to say the wrong word. Nicholas Cage is entertaining. Yeah, that, sure. He's not. He's not good. He's not bad. He's just entertaining to watch. He's really Painful. good. He's really good in Leaving Las Vegas. He deserved mm-hmm. that Oscar nomination, or even win. Did he win that year? I forget. Uh, like, no, I don't think I, he did. I, I just can't help thinking. If he's if he was acting like this and probably less well like and than this when he was a young actor and not Francis Ford Coppola's nephew, I just don't believe that he ever has a career. Maybe I I think he does. I think he's charismatic to carry that. I think he's I think it's over. Like right now, it's all terrible. Everything he's doing now is just garbage poo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, garbage poo. But garbage I mean, I think poo. you also do have to separate the. Nicolas Cage action films from the Nicolas Cage serious films mm-hmm. like um, the, the snuff film one uh, seven was well, seven millimeter um, eight millimeter eight millimeter, eight millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> I saw what's I your... saw an early cut <laughs> real, real fast what's your what's your favorite Nick Cage movie uh, the Nick rock Cage? Duh. duh really I gotta say yeah. Con Air Con Air for me but me that's my for favorite me for yeah. me, it's gone in sixty seconds. So they're very similar movies. We just named three very similar movies. Yeah, they're all the same. Exactly. They're all the same. I be you know whatever. Con Air is pretty fun, but The Rock always, always The Rock. But no. if you're talking about the non-action uh, Nicholas Cage, I'd say Raising Arizona. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, I think there's yeah. I think there's a very different. There's two different Nicholas Cages, and you get I mean you know you get the the national treasure and the con air and the mm-hmm. gone in 60 seconds i think are the action nicholas cage and then you do have the the non-action nicholas cage and the leaving las vegas and and um i think i think kick ass was one of his best performances just kick ass was really fun to watch him in that yeah mm-hmm. i'll give you yeah. that face off was great in my opinion wild uh, at heart yeah there's some good stuff Nobody's uh, saying Peggy Sue got married. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nobody's saying it because nobody wants it. Or, or Valley Girl. <laughs> 2000, 2004, or sorry, sorry, 2005's Lord of War is really good, if you've never oh, seen it. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. It's and pretty good. Uh, the second National Treasure movie is bad, but my name and comic are in it, so I have to say that. I have to at least mention <laughs> yeah, it. Right, yes. yeah. I'll say a movie that people give a lot of flack to that I think is okay by me, and that's uh, Ghost Rider. And the first one, eh, watchable. An, the second, ins- the second an, one's pretty good. You're an insane person. Really? You're an insane. I person. really am. Yes. I don't know why I like it, but the yes. second one's pretty I, I good. I don't think I ever saw the second one, and that might be the only Marvel adaptation of something that I haven't seen. Right. I know it's not MCU, but it's yeah. Watch the second one. I, the first one's poo poo for sure. But <laughs> Spirit the of Vengeance. One, yeah, eh. I can't believe nobody said the Wicker Man. Wicker, Wicker Man. Oh please. <laughs> or Definitely. season season of the witch. I mean, come on. You can definitely name horrible <laughs> movies with Nick Cage. Yeah. You know, I'm just yeah. saying I can't name a great film, like a really truly great film. And I guess adaptation gets the closest, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. still, I just. Yeah. Or you know what, World Trade Center, the the movie that uh, what's his platoon made, um, uh, Oliver Stone made, yeah, right. was pretty good. Him and that mm-hmm. Pena guy, uh, that was a that was a really good was... harrowing 9/11 story. I really liked it. And I hear the one with uh, the the ambulance, um, a Scorsese one, right? The ambulance one. Um, oh, right, right. Uh, oh, bring um, out your dead or something. Bring bring, bring the out the dead. Yes. Right, yeah, right. that one's supposed to be pretty good. I, mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be kind of trippy though, because I was I, I kind of avoided it because I remember for some reason thinking it was. 
going to be some. Yeah, I mean, he was tricky. like a uh, wasn't he a, a drug user who was working in an ambulance overnight? I can't that right, that, right. that I can't remember. How about the the trailers? I remember turned me off to it. I was like, eh, this looks like one of those uh, uh, fear and loathing in Las Vegas kind of. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, uh, and I was like, yeah, I don't know. How about Captain Cornhole's mandolin or whatever that was called? <laughs> <laughs> the Captain Cornhole, something like that. There's a bunch of lists online of his best yeah. movies, so you can go look those up if you'd like. I like City of Angels. Uh, a lot of people hate that. No, movie. that was I. I liked especially the soundtrack, but you know, was, <laughs> you like the Go Go Dolls is what you like. Yeah, uh, yeah. I liked Honeymoon in Vegas. That was funny. Saw that in '92. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we got here? Oh yeah, more of these. How about this clip here? It's a it's a ha ha funny ha ha moment. Ha 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 ha. There's Sam Rockwell doing that. Uh, here's uh oh, I don't think disposals make this sound like garbage disposals in your in your sink. I don't think right, they I don't right. think they make this sound. Yeah, that was weird. Depends on what you put. If you're putting in an entire honey baked ham, you're right. It will make that noise. Yeah, good point. But, but if you, uh, you put we in a couple every Thanksgiving. Leaves, yeah, I mean, basically, the whole thing stems. The whole movie stems from the fact that he goes out to the pool, grabs a couple leaves out, which skims them off the top with his net, puts them in the garbage disposal, and then leaves the garbage disposal in the water running, and all his pills go down the drain. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it seems yeah, like yeah. that yeah. that dumb thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd never because, leave the garbage disposal on with just yeah. a couple leaves. Yeah. Well, and also we've all used a garbage disposal. You keep your hand on the switch and you only right. run it for the bare minimum amount of time you have to. Yeah, you don't right. keep it going. That whole thing, the entire story pivoted on that moment. <laughs> it really did. Annoys me. Uh, here's a dying Roy. What? I don't remember. I wouldn't bother you, but... Well, I'm dying. Right? Oh, oh, I remember this now. No, he was telling Roy he was dying because he was faking it because he was trying to get him to pick up his freaking phone and he burped yeah. before and the burp made me laugh. <laughs> I go, wouldn't bother you. But- In fact, I isolated it <laughs> and I can play this anytime. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> Such dramatic music for a burp. <laughs> uh, here's a mouthful of burger. All right, so there's that. <laughs> There's not a lot of clips you can get out of this movie that aren't just stupid. No, but because... the best clips are Sam Rockwell, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really are. Uh, this is the dude who just saw in Ozark. It's uh, the, the Altman guy. Uh, do you mind if I put them up? It helps my back. All right, there's that guy. You probably hear that and go, oh, yeah, I've seen him in like a thousand things you can't name. Mm-hmm. Um, well, is he in relation to the director? Does anybody know? Oh, I don't know. Robert Altman, let's see. Well, that's a good question, sir. I like that question. That's a question yeah. I intend to answer. Hold on. Oh, gosh, I'm way back in the clicks. Here we go. Uh, the, uh, B- Bruce, uh, there he is. Bruce Altman. He is. Not, as, yeah, it would, none of his trivia on MPB says anything about it. It would, so. it would say, wouldn't it? It, it should, totally would, yeah. yeah. But he did study in NYC with William Hickey, who we love. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. William was, was William Hickey 90 back then? Yeah, it was <laughs> always 90. Was he never not 90, I think? Right, exactly. <laughs> you got it. Here's my favorite. favorite It's pretty great. Here's the might vomit moment. The whole time I was watching my carpet, I was worrying that I I might vomit. Mm. (laughs) I'm worried you might vomit all the time. Yeah, just talking about it. (laughs) I'm gonna make an EDM out of that. See if I make some cool uh, club music. Uh, best line in Matchstick Men, as far as I'm concerned. Mr. Schlick, Licker? Hi, I'm sorry. Bam, you waited too long. No prize for you. 
Mr. Schlicklicker. Freaking Sam Rockwell, come to my house. Let's have dinner. Uh, Dad-daughter conversation. Just watch TV. You don't have a TV? Well, um... Seriously, you don't have a TV? Oh, well, there's a couch. If you want to sit. Uh, or, or over there, if you prefer. Or the couch. Do you want me to, um, pick you up something on the way back? Mm. I don't know. Mm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Here's, uh, someone laughing. Don't remember who. For some folks, money's a foreign film without subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Bruce McGill. Oh, that was funny. Bruce McGill. Uh, Nick Cage freaks out, freak outs are the best I wrote. Uh, uh, that is wrong what you did, and uh, you're a nosy Parker, and, 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 and that's no way for a young lady to behave, and uh, shame on you. All right, what's a nosy Parker? In I don't which, know. In which I looked that up in the middle of watching this movie because yeah. I'd never heard it before. Yeah. I would love to know where you're from right now. If you're listening to this, where are you from that the phrase nosy Parker has been used before? Yeah. Did you find anything? Did you find like a, a You know, it's just a, a person who's sticking their nose where it doesn't belong. Sure. Dang right. nosy Parkers are always over here. Usually names like that are alliterative. Like it's a nosy Nelly. Yeah. Nosy Parker like can't total, lose. Totally yeah. Debbie Downer. So, <laughs> yeah, Debbie right. Downer or po- what? There's another nosy one. There's like, uh, oh, p- Poker. No, Peter Poker. No, that's a different guy. <laughs> that is a different poker. guy. Very different guy. There's that's another term, name, Peter Poker. There's another term like uh, Budinsky or something or. Where you yeah. butt in and you you shouldn't be poking your head around. Ah, I forget. Maybe yeah, it is no, nosy. I know what you're talking about. Keep your keep your nose in your own business, you nosy Nelly. Or maybe it was nosy well, Nelly or just nosy. People were nosy. Maybe that was it. Maybe. Which also doesn't make sense. What's it got to do with your nose? It's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyway, uh, here's a, here's a bad dad daughter talk. I've done stuff with boys. I've done stuff with boys. If I told you. You probably throw up right here. Then don't tell me. <laughs> don't tell me. Then don't tell me. That's, uh, yeah. I don't want to know. Here's something I wrote called "He Really Liked It." Well, uh, you know, it was a little. It was just. It made me feel a little. You know, I was a little. I really liked it. All right, there you go. That's <laughs> oh, okay. That's some acting there from Nick Cage. Everybody, uh, Nick Cage wants that. What's that? Oh, what's that? What's that? It's uh, what? What's that? He says. What's that? All right, enough of that, buddy. Okay. Does he say? Does he say what's fat or what's that? What's that? But you're right that it kind of sounds weird. What's that? It does sound like fat. Yeah. I'm fat, Nicholas Cage. Stop <laughs> fat shaming me. It's and the proper terminology is who, not what. <laughs> uh, who hoop? Okay, hoop. hoop. Oh, it's him making a sound. Oh yeah. Hoop. Pretty good. All right. Movie, movie, absolutely full of that crap. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah constantly. So much of it. You know well, what? You I know, don't remember. Him to go over the top with the OCD, and he says, "Could like a lot of the things that I do in my regular life just be considered OCD?" Yeah. I didn't even remember all that from the first viewing. I don't remember any of this like grunting, and I knew you had kind of a OCD thing, like the door shutting thing, but I don't remember any of the ticks or the the vocalizations yeah. or any of that stuff. Uh, here's about uh, peeing, peeing blood. Have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and being until you 
pissed blood. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> that was so good. Pissed blood. It's intense. Because that's part of his Tourette's. And they don't yeah. really talk much about his Tourette's in this movie, but it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he let loose. <laughs> that might be my favorite I'm gonna, clip of the whole I'm going to use that again somewhere. Pissed blood. It's kind of my favorite form of him. It is. Yeah. I like when he does that. Uh, well, there you have it. Uh, that means time for this. Oh, look, it's the film check, film check, film sack checklist. And I uh, got it right here on a piece of paper. Uh, uh, complete Nicolas Cage freakout mode. Check. Sam Rockwall should be in all of the things. Check. Uh, always marry the bagger. Check. Mm, the bagger. Oh, I see. Mm, Bag she's a, it up, baby. She's a bagger, you know. I like that mm. lady. She's I like her when she's in things. I like her, and I actually like the um, Melora Scott. The, I think the woman the who plays his ex-wife. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Oh. Really liked her in Magnolia. She's like the poor man's Annabella Shiora. Yeah, she was barely in this either. Yeah, like, what was yeah. that? A whole hot minute she was in this movie. Yeah, uh, Star Trek stuff. Uh, Daryl didn't get to me, so I don't know what there are. There, Bruce McGill played a. Um, something once like a klingon or a Cardassian. tall uh, alien southern lawyer <laughs> i don't know much we about went... city lawyering but i'll tell you this the federation <laughs> so we went from star trek facts to star trek guesses uh right, sure yeah, let me see actually in, in star trek voyager bruce McGill was captain braxton on the episode relativity well that's the one i'm thinking of then braxton i Didn't, i, th- I want to say that daryl sent us an email with that because i want to say i saw the whole thing just you keep going okay you look because i didn't see it um i don't remember yeah nicholas cage was never any of that sam rockwell rockwell was in a trek like movie Right. <laughs> uh, yes, he was. I'm sure there uh, are others. Bruce Altman probably never. Uh, no, I looked at him. I couldn't see anything for involved. him. Yeah. The Steve Easton guy who played the old man that was mad at his wife. Uh, let's see. Trek. No. No Trek for him. Yeah, so there may be more, but we don't know. Uh, so there's that. Oh, look, a soundtrack grade. I'll give it an A for awesome. I loved all the John, uh, the John Travolta, John Travolta, uh, uh, <laughs> Frank Sinatra is what I meant to say. All oh, the Sinatra yeah. music. Oh, yes, and stuff. that was great. Yeah. The Cooner music was fantastic. Love Such the a great music. And some Such 80s stuff in there, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the Roxy music song I was trying to track yes, down last night. Yes, yes. By the way, Brian Ferry, that guy's weird. He is weird. <laughs> best dressed, best dressed uh, performer, best dressed new wave performer ever, though. I agree, but always wears a suit and tie. His his music's great. Their music's great. Um, and there's a great cover of that song by um, Ten Thousand Maniacs after Natalie Merchant left the group, and they had their new singer. Oh, well, did that mean they only had nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine maniacs? <laughs> That's when they That's lost correct. all their maniacs. Yes. <laughs> all right. Oh, I didn't know Natalie Merchant left the Ten Thousand Maniacs. Yeah, she left and did all that solo stuff. <laughs> is she still around? I just like for your I just like for your career to be remembered as that solo stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, like she had a bunch of hits like uh Wonder. Oh right. <laughs> I have no lyrics for you. I, don't know, the lyrics. I know the word wonder is in there somewhere. <laughs> it's not the wonder at God's own creation, not that song. It's a, but it's like yes, that. Yeah, it is. Oh, is that the yeah. song? Okay. God's own creation. Yeah. So yeah. you actually know more lyrics than I do. <laughs> she, she uh, I used to make this really bad joke in high school because she'd come on there with the ba- with the Ten Thousand Maniacs and play on Letterman all the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember this terrible joke. I'm, I was telling dad jokes before I was seventeen, 
And I remember, <laughs> I remember telling people that whenever I was looking for a, a new Natalie, I'd go to the Natalie Merchant, and that I thought that was the funniest <laughs> thing. I thought that was so funny, and I had a few friends laugh at it, which was very encouraging. But I'm so glad someone laughed at it. I'm yeah. so, glad. <laughs> so glad. I had weird friends. What can I say? Um, all right, so there's that. Let's see what else. Oh, the Twitter post. This is where you guys in 140 characters or less sum this bad boy up. Let's start with Randy. Matchstick Man, the movie embodiment of Go Big or Go Home. Given the choice, Matchstick Man went home oh. to a pregnant lady. Yes. <laughs> it was cutting tomatoes or whatever she was doing. It was uh, a con. It was a pregnant suit. What if she's yeah? <laughs> what if she's part of the deal? She's gonna take him for all he's worth. See, I'd never. I'd always be after this con. I, if I were him, I'd be paranoid the rest of my life. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Can't trust anybody. Brian Dunaway. Matchstick men, like a germaphobe with carpet. You'll be vomiting in no time. <laughs> whoop. Whoop. Whoop, whoop. Got, got, got room for one more. Whoop. Oh, good. Thank you. Three Thank is you. good. <laughs> uh, law of threes. Finally, Brian Ebert. All right, Scott, I need your, uh, you have your bell sound, your soundboard uh, bell thing? I do, yeah. All right. We're going to use that uh, in place of emojis. You'll Hopefully, you'll know. I'll pause. You'll know when to put them in. All right. Matchstick men, a couple of dirty, rotten scoundrels, focus in on a plan to snatch oh, sorry. some money from the mark. But the grifters soon feel the sting of a double cross of a real American hustle. Oh, I keep t- hitting it by accident. Sorry. That fingering it. Well done. Good job. Oh, don't hit that one. <laughs> Live radio, ladies and gentlemen. Live to hard drive. That's how we work. All right. Well done. That is good news because here's this. Oh, wrong one. Jeez. I can't hit anything right. It's the, uh, it's the alternative titles. Mutter stick men. Because <laughs> he mutters, right? He mutters all the time. Or Bruce McGill against Island. <laughs> Oh, right. that You've been one. doing dad jokes a long yeah. time. Look, I've got good training for that. All right, we got an email before we get out of here. This is from Nathan who wrote in and says, I was listening to the Longest Yard episode. Oh, wow. And Scott goes off on Indiana Jones' Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I've only seen it once and remember not caring for it. However, Scott makes a point that archaeological digs shouldn't involve aliens. I still stand by this. <laughs> I thought about it, though, and our beloved World of Warcraft has nothing but alien-ridden archaeological digs. Everything uh, the Explorers League in WoW is digging up is some kind of Titan or Old God ruins. Not defending Crystal Skull, I just think the alien bit isn't the movie's actual problem. Well, I would agree that the movie's got all kinds of problems, but it's a premise I can never get behind, and that you just now also answered why I never got the archaeology thing in WoW and never do it. I don't play that. But also, World of Warcraft, like it lets you know in the first word in the title that it's not like Earth and reality. Mm-hmm. You know, like Indiana Jones stuff is on Earth in sort of modern setting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's different. Yeah, and there's also something about I'm the context still... of like the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant. While you know their representation of that is super magical, and close your eyes, Marion, don't look at it. You know, and it makes everyone's faces melt. I realize that that's also a stretch but it's that's my that's my argument you're okay with face melting but aliens drawing well here here's here's why (laughs) here's why because ancient artifacts and that kind of stuff is culturally and in our heads can be soaked a little bit in this in in old mysterious 
magical ways. Like that's okay for me. Well, that's one take, but we also have plenty of conspiracies that, you know, the pyramids were built by aliens. I mean, yeah, but got, there's, there's lore there to support it. It's not like he just randomly. Well, yeah, he did. Well, no, that's just Stargate. <laughs> You're talking about Stargate. I think that's the only case of the aliens built. The oh no, pyramids. I've heard, I've heard that before. That's not, that's not brand new information that Stargate brought to the field. We, there's, there's been conspiracies about that for a really long time. Sure, but would you make a movie where Indiana Jones finds out that aliens built the pyramids? That's a terrible. That's absolutely. Yes. If they asked me to make a movie like that, I'd be. I'd, I wouldn't even be on you'd this make show. Make it. You'd pocket the money and then I, you'd uh, laugh all the way to the bank. You could, you could bitch all you wanted. And I'd be like, whatever. <laughs> Look at my Indiana Jones and weird alien movie ha ha you might actually be right about that (laughs) yeah maybe you're right but i'm but my my point is it feels like you're exploring the you're exploring the future not the past and it needs to stay in the past and i realize it's past aliens right but i just think it's a dumb idea it's okay not to like the idea but i i think the idea has merit get your mate go make it why tie aliens to the future we could have past aliens no we could but i'm what i'm saying is keep indiana jones where he thrives archaeological ancient artifacty like right. that's his this, domain this, this is movie we're talking about brings aliens out of left field it doesn't even foreshadow aliens for three and a half movies yeah, right yeah so i'm just saying like that's what that's why it's so shocking freaking world of warcraft is a universe of different planets like that just yeah <laughs> if the next if the next star compare that yeah if the next star wars movie is all about the main character starting a cafe well, then that's dumb. Why? So y'all are because okay, it doesn't fit. You're okay with me not liking Toy Story 3 because they went from friendly childhood toy to death, destruction. What? That didn't do that. Sadness. Man. That movie's <laughs> yeah, always that movie's always been about that. The it's first all... two the first two was about having owners and the third one was about a total abandonment. No. No. <laughs> here's here's you know yes. what? We well, you almost, yes. almost went into Nicolo, uh, Nick Cage right there. We need no, to have... no, no. <laughs> Butthole. No, here's what here's what I'm saying. <laughs> we should have a conversation about this sometime at length because the the Toy Story thing I don't understand. The first movie fraught with dangerous peril. Second right. movie same deal. I'm Maybe okay with peril. even okay more with so. Peril. Huh? I'm okay with peril. I don't like the abandonment. But there was no abandonment. At the end of it, he had to... You. It was a lesson in everybody has to get to a point in their life where they grow up. They cannot run around with these toys all day. This kid had to go to college. He had to find a home for these things, and he did. And And it's a melancholy moment for sure, but there's nothing abandoning about it. It wasn't like he dumped him in the trash. Like, the second movie is more about that with... Uh, uh, what's her name? Well, uh, I can't think of her name. Uh, the, the, the girl. The toys were the toys were stolen from him in the second one. Yeah, stolen. But, yeah, but the girl. Remember, the girl was left by the the girl by the side of the road in a trash heap to get picked up by mm-hmm. like a junk mm-hmm. takeaway thing, That's and it played that. Name is Jesse. That's uh-huh. yeah, Jesse, and the Jessie, and they had the yeah. Sarah McLaughlin music all sad and everything. Like that right. was riddled with those kinds of feelings. That's what Toy Story does best is it it, it addresses these feelings of. I miss this or I had to leave this or I moved on to something else. And, you know, that's what they do. And I don't think that third movie is any different. They all did it. All three of those movies experience uh, play with that. My only problem is that there's a fourth being made. And I don't understand that. Like that to me was a perfect ending for that series. And to do a fourth I, feels weird. I, don't like I think it. I, to me, to me, it's a, it's a fair comparison of how you feel about the Indiana Jones and how I like Toy Story 3, because there was such a large gap. You ask yourself, 
why make another one? Yeah. Why make another one? We wrapped up the story nicely. Why bring all these characters back out just to make me sad? To make money. Yeah. Make me money. I didn't feel that way with three. I think three was appropriate. Four, I don't like. And that's fine. And, the, right. and, and Crystal Skull, I completely agree that that one did not need to be, get made. But I'm trying to think of a, an argument that we that I would get less support or more support for than me being pro story pro story, pro Toy Story three and anti Crystal Skull. I feel like I might be in the majority. I just think that might be the case. It possible. <laughs> I but, think but very just possible. Because, just because in you're you're in the majority doesn't mean you're doesn't right. mean I'm right. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. We have some examples of that in modern history. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, there's your uh, your email. If you'd like to send your own email in, it's real easy. Not only possible, but quite simple. Send us an email at filmsack at gmail.com. Next week, we are watching Pumping Iron, Filmsack's first what? documentary film. <laughs> okay. A documentary? That's right. Ibit, you're a big fan. You like that Pumping Iron deal? I have never seen it, but I know I want to. Okay. There you go, then. It's uh, what. So just to give people a hint, it's, it's following Schwarzenegger and... Um, Frigno. Frigno on their road to uh, Muscle Man Town. On their on their, on their road trip buddy movie yeah. to uh, Muscle Town. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, is, wouldn't that be great? This right. isn't one of those yes. things where Arnold Wiener, be. we don't see Arnold's Wiener in this, right? What am I thinking of? There's something where Arnold's Wiener's at when he's young. Um, oh, you're thinking of the, the internet. Hercules in New York or something like that, isn't there? Some... Something where his wiener's out, yeah. I'm not interested yeah. in that as much as I am. Uh, but this is going to follow, you know, the what it takes to be a pro bodybuilder and and uh you know who's who's there and this was this is this older was this made some time ago or is oh, this oh, a, 1977 way, yeah. okay right. so so Real. this is before any of the things would happen with those two guys nobody's the hulk yet nobody's the terminator yet right these he are had just, a tiny amount of was fame was he the hulk yet no oh no 77 no Eight, that was 80s wasn't it was it? Was it? Really? But it started in the seventies, though, didn't it? Did, did uh, it? You know what? You keep talking. We're going to find out next week. Yeah, uh, or now. See Let's see. Hold on. The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the Incredible Hulk TV show series seventy-eight and eighty-two. So it been right after this. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. Wow. Right there at it. Maybe yeah. this movie helped get him the job as the Hulk. It probably we'll did. We'll find out next week. It probably did. On Film Sack. We will. <laughs> Lou Ferrigno still kicking it. Kind of a jerk, I heard. Anyway, we'll talk about that next week also, uh-huh. uh, right here on Film Sack. In the I meantime. Like you said he's kind of a jerk. You heard. I did hear that. <laughs> and he can't hear. It was from, oh, nice. It was from some experience somebody had here at Comic-Con in Salt Lake City with him that was real rough, I guess, so. I don't know. Mm. We'll, we'll talk about all that. I tried to talk to him for 20 minutes, and he just kept his back to me. Did he? What a oh, jerk. Man. Well, what a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like he can't hear you. That's weird how that works. Uh, also, I have a clip of him. Do you want to hear him? Hold on. <laughs> Brian will know what this is. Uh, right here. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're uh, we're out of here. Doing Phil- a lot of pumping, uh, pumping Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Filmsack.com is our website. You can leave us uh, emails at filmsack at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Filmsack. And don't forget, folks, when you leave us reviews on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, that's very helpful to us. So thank you for doing that, those who have it. If you haven't, consider it. That's Filmsack.com for details. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. Yeah. We'll see you next time.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Pissed blood! Jeez. I love that. Oh. That was 